0: When we're chronically betraying ourselves, we look for a sense of control or something to hold onto, to feel secure. And for me, it was being overly controlling in my life. And, and so my own deconditioning journey, my own healing journey, my own reclamation of magic and self has been like, what becomes possible when I actually, like when I let go, when I When I dare to wonder.
1: We know that you were born magical. We know that you are intuitive and we know that you are brimming with everyday enchantment. Here at the Sisters Enchanted, we believe in intention, we believe in intuition, and we believe in everyday magic. Welcome in to the Expedition to Soul podcast. Think about what life would look like if you had the foundation to do the shadow work, understand where you're holding yourself back and the confidence to bring some everyday magic elements into your life, follow your intuition and know exactly the steps forward for you. Well, that's what we teach you and more in our Holistic Witchery program. Be sure to get on the wait list for Holistic Witchery. It's the one class we think everybody should take here at the Sisters Enchanted. It has changed so many lives and is at the core of all of our fundamental beliefs about who we are and how we propel ourselves forward in a way that makes great change for ourselves and those around us. Check out HolisticWitchery.com, get on the wait list, And we can't wait to welcome you into class just as soon as enrollment opens. Welcome to this episode of the expedition to soul podcast. I am Sarah founder of the sisters enchanted, and I am joined today by a special guest. And this is special for all of us because while I like am acquainted with this special guest online, this is really my first time talking to our special guest. also. So this is exciting for all of us. And I am joined by Megan. O'Malley, whose website says it's in front of me. I help disenchanted grown-ups create magical lives, and if that is not sisters enchanted fanfare, I don't know what is. So, hello, Megan.
0: Hello, I'm so excited about our first virtual date. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) happy to be here. (laughs)
1: This could be like a dating thing where you say, for the first date, let's record a podcast without ever having chatted before. And just, but like, not like like friend dating, you know, that's like, I mean, I listened to that podcast. Yeah. (laughs) That's really (laughs) like, is this going to work if we can create a conversation for the first time ever that other people will listen to. Absolutely.
0: Is the answer, but with us, the others, I think it would be sometimes listening to a train wreck, but it's that like part of self that loves that kind of awkwardness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: well, in the spirit of getting to know each other, uh, the listeners know me, but do tell us the, the ins and outs, all those, all those good introductory type things about you.
0: Hmm. Well, I am I am allergic to things like elevator pitches and things like that. So (laughs) I'm just going to start saying some things that want to be said today, knowing that it's different every time. Um, the, the professional path is that I was a therapist for over a decade and then kept my closeted intuitive woo side, um, kind of tamed for, for far too long in my opinion. And then after, after, trying to keep them separate for too long and and bringing it into my therapy practice a bit. I made the leap to coaching. That's the best word I have for what I do right now, because I I don't even fully resonate with that. It's, it's more of a guide. I've been calling myself a magical possibility doula that feels right energetically. You know, I, I have a big toolbox to, to help things the alchemy be less intense or overwhelming so that people can, can take those steps to deeper alignment and deeper trust with self and and working with the magical, mystical aspects of life. I am a nerd for growth. Like I was born ancient, I think. And so by the time I hit my forties, I felt like, oh, great. I actually kind of feel like I match my body now. And um, yeah, I just, I love transformation. I've got the, you can probably even feel the energy coming at you through this podcast. I'm a Leo Sun. Scorpio rising. So I've got a lot of big energy and, and deep, deep passion. Um and and I'm I'm all about radical magic. That's what I'm calling it these days. The radical is the, the very intentional deconditioning. You know, we are conditioned away from our magic. And the reclamation requires courage. And when we take those aligned steps, I mean, it is wildly magical. I don't have to tell you, you know,
1: (laughs) no, I love this. So many things I love here. I do apologize. I'm having coughing fits that I'm having to mute myself for. So if I awkwardly mute myself, um, you know, feel free to just start talking, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, this Scorpio rising fun fact, uh, every person who works at the sisters enchanted, there's a team of six of us. Every person here has a heavy Scorpio presence. So yes. see, I knew we could be friends on a podcast without having chatted beforehand. You fit right in.
0: No um, small talk, only big okay. talk.
1: Yes, just get right into it. Um but I love what you're saying about this uh this magic and reclaiming and um kind of like just casting away of the uh the normalcy and and bringing that home again because I think that in the deconditioning also was the word you used uh, We talk to thousands of women every year and through some way, shape or form or hear from them. And what we hear is so often women in their uh, mid to late forties and beyond who just feel like they wake up one day and didn't even realize that they had been very agreeable all their lives or that, you know, they were happy, but. Really, they wake up and are like, was I happy? There's happy and then there's joy. And that is what uh called me to reach out to you because we are Facebook friends, which naturally makes us like best friends now. <laughs> and uh, and I see you though post sometimes and you uh, you know, just ra- radiate joy, even in the hardest of things. And I'm sure that, you know, we're human, there's hard days and things happen, but your lens that you share through really comes back to finding that joy, I think, and that magic. And when we talk about what is, what is magic, what is enchantment, what is all the witchy woo, what is all of this and whatever that is, I think there's a joy element to it. Uh, and so, yes, I don't know if you want to expand upon that at all. This idea of, of joy and, and, uh, deconditioning yourself. Yeah to be able to open up to that and in turn, whatever magic is for you.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you use the word joy. um, because I think about so much of my life was spent being overly responsible and overly serious. And, and it it actually was quite heavy. And, and so I think for me reclaiming magic and, and I, I view magic as, Uh, a way of walking through life. Like it's not, I've got all the, you know, I'm like smothered in crystals and Oracle cards and all that over here. That's, that's one thing. But to me, real magic, like magic is a lens. And, and I think what you probably see, sense and feel in my presence is I've learned to walk with wonder. I have learned to release the, the grip on control that I learned as a survival strategy, right? Like when we're chronically betraying ourselves, we look for a sense of control or something to hold onto, to feel secure. And for me, it was being overly controlling in my life. And and so my own deconditioning journey, my own healing journey, my own reclamation of magic and self has been like, what becomes possible when I actually, like when I let go, when I, when I dare to wonder what might be beyond what I'm telling myself I need to control, you know, like I, I've got a great example is you said we're Facebook friends and I love this. I don't know if you saw my post just, I think it went out yesterday or the day before I am leaving social media, right? Like I, I have realized that my, I'm not in energetic alignment with it. It's a, it's a one-sided dysfunctional relationship for me. So I am in the process of, of launching a program. I am, I have all the logical reasons why I should not. Mm -hmm. leave social media, but they're fear-based. And so my practice, my magical practice is in this moment is like, but I wonder what might be possible. And I wonder how good it could feel. And I wonder how easy it, it could be and what new stories I can create if I don't do it that same old way. And that to me is, is like the, the little kid part of me that didn't get to do a lot of playing. She gets to come out in my life and be like, I wonder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, I wrote some notes down, and uh, so in the spirit of sharing as friends do, I don't know if you know this about us because you know, like I said, we don't know each other well. We sisters enchanted. When I say we, we do use social media. Uh, I'm not personally super heavy on social media. I think I have like 200 Facebook friends, maybe 300. I don't know. I'm really wild with 300 tops. <laughs> um, but we haven't. Uh, an app that we host our community groups in, and when we switched from Facebook to the the app group, the there was a noticeable difference in tone, and um, not it was never a very large problem, but occasionally I think people would just be scrolling Facebook, something would happen on Facebook, or someone would say something outside of our community, and that they'd bring like that frustration then. And kind of, it would appear in some sideways way in our groups and having that disconnection. We've had the app for a year now, night and day. So yeah, yeah, you're onto something. Well, it's Uh, boundaries, right?
0: And, and I, 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 the, the last post, the last hurrah post I did was I said, you know, if, if social media was, was a networking event, I would go once and never go back because I would see people in this like ego fight and right and wrong and proving and yeah. only showing the like lots of elevator pitch energy. Like, I'm just going to show you this, this perfected false aversion. And it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go hang out there. So
1: yeah.
0: why am I hanging out there and, right. and trying to serve as if that's the best place for me to serve? So, yeah. you know, aligning my own boundaries, which boundaries work is a big part of what I geek out about is, um, and a path to magic is like channeling our energy, right. To the place where it most wants to go. And my podcast and my newsletter and serving the people that have said, yes, Megan, you, I want to be in relationship with you. That feels that lights me up and that feels exciting. So I'm learning Mm -hmm. to follow more and more of those threads and, you know, get trapped in all the old patterns as well. Just like everybody, I
1: <laughs> which brings me to the two notes that I, that I wrote down the first that I used a pencil to write on dark purple paper. So nice. I'm pretty sure it says chronic betrayal. I'm pretty sure is what I noted. You mentioned chronically betraying yourself. And that stood out to me because, you know, as most people probably can relate, as soon as you said that, I was like, Oh in this way, I do this in this way, like, right. It was like one of those reels, like where the words start popping up in my brain. It's like, Oh, hello. All the ways in which I chronically betray myself. Um, and then you use the word dare to wonder or the phrase dare to wonder, but let's look at this chronic betrayal first. Uh, I think that it is something that we don't, we so often, you know, look at, we have to do things because nobody else does, or it has to be this way because nobody will do it right. Or that's just the way it is. Or, you know, that's not the kind of thing our family does or that I was raised to do, or that I know to be true for us or myself or whatever. And I think that it is so easy to chronically betray yourself and not ever realize it, you know, like go through all of life, not realizing it. And maybe, having the, uh, the luck at some point to have somebody bring this idea of enchanting your life to you where you do realize I've been chronically betraying myself. Uh, can you expand upon that
0: idea a little bit? Yeah. So one thing that since I work with a lot of female identified humans, we, we all sort of get the same memo in, in our culture, um, that, that our, our, Emotional and quite literal survival at times depends on making nice. And, and this is a cultural narrative that becomes a survival strategy. And I think about, I, you know, part of my, my therapy background, I, I had a big stint with applied neuroscience. And so one of the things I know is when we don't feel safe, we have different responses. We've got fight, we've got flight, we've got freeze, and we've got the tend and befriend response, which is a female favorite So there's this like, I'm going to, I'm going to betray myself and I'm going to have an immediate nervous system reaction to that because it hurts. It's, it's, I'm no longer safe with myself, but I'm going to do this thing out here where I tend and befriend so that I'm at least controlling my outside world. And so I think that's just a story that once it's illuminated, we can know that it's a thing and then get curious about it, but in a compassionate way, not in a like, why are you betraying yourself? why aren't you empowered all the time kind of way like of mm-hmm. course in this world we learned that as a survival strategy and what what might be possible I wonder I wonder what might be possible when we upgrade that awareness and um, and learn how to create a different form of safety or a different possibility in our in our lives um, because, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I think a lot of the people I work with, and I'm sure it's similar for you is there's almost like a numbness that comes about. And it's like so much self betrayal, it causes so much pain. But by the time we reach adulthood, it's become normalized. And we just think that life kind of sucks on a low or mid grade level. And, and just finding that pleasure is a safe thing to want again. And that that even gets to be an option. That's what I see in my work a lot is like the dream beyond the dream is what I invite people to be with. Because often we think like it's just over the edge of what we've experienced, but, you know, there's a lot more possible as far as pleasure and reclamation. And it takes courage. I want to, I'm always really transparent. It's a great idea on paper. It looks fabulous to actually trust yourself and be brave enough to do it is some gnarly shit.
1: It is the dream beyond the dream. I love that.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: I'm sure that just in, you know, working for yourself and and having fun in what you do and and whatnot, uh, people might ask you or if they, you know, they're questioning sort of like that, like, how do you become the person, you know, that can just do these things. And I think it's that idea of being curious, you know, like, well, what
0: could happen and what is the dream
1: beyond the dream? Um, and
0: relationship. You know, I think the the reason I do so many groups in my practice, I still work one-on-one, but my, my big purpose and passion is building communities around this is we have to have it normalized with other people. Like I, this connections like with you and and how we met in that, that coaching kind of leadership group. Mm -hmm. Um, like that's nourishment because it affirms people building relationships in that space of the dream beyond the dream. Otherwise in dominant culture, what we get is it's just the way it is. Suck it up. Right. And so we need people that go, yeah, go for it.
1: No, that is so true. It's, it's interesting because I know you use the word magic. I use the word magic and I use the word witch. And we, we both, like, we were talking a little of astrology before we got started. And just, as you were saying, all of the tools. And I think that what's so the, this, like, as you were saying with community and groups, if I look at the direct sort of people and, and I'm not a very peopley person, if I'm going to be honest, so there's not a lot of them, but the people in my day-to-day life that I would just see it that maybe run into at the store or, you know, the park with the kids or whatever, they are other people living a life. That's not the dream beyond the dream. It's there's nothing wrong with their, you know, life, like they, they're happy. They've got their, their kids are there, they're working, you know, they, we talk about all the things, uh, but this sense of reclaiming your magic and bringing enchantment to your, your life, I think it does require altering the people you spend time with and making it normal to talk about, uh, that dream beyond the dream or, daring to wonder, or it being safe to say these big things. Like I want to do something that's fun. I want to have fun every day in my life, laugh until I cry and my abs that I don't know actually exist, start to hurt. And, (laughs) you know, like remind me that maybe they're there, uh, and, and find other people that say that's possible, you know, it's possible for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And it, and it really is on an energetic level. It, it, in, in a, in a very sacred way, it pushes against that conditioning when we have that new story affirmed. And, and one of the things I'm very straightforward about in my conversations with friends, with work, whatever, is there are very real systems of oppression and core values that shape what we expect and what we think is possible. And it is so much more than about someone's gender identity or somebody's race. It is about like belief in possibility and a sense of pleasure being okay. And like all these really like the root of the root of the root. Hey, Scorpio. Um, Like (laughs) what if we go to that root and we start going, who said I can't have pleasure and money? Like what's up with that? And then start to, you know really align with people who go, yeah, you know what? You're right. What about that? And then it amplifies in a quantum level, that new story. Yeah. Which is yep. magic. It <laughs> is. It freaking is. Uh,
1: one of the things that I love to ask people who come on here is that uh, transition from sort of just like your everyday typical life to embracing things like, using the word magic or, you know, your crystals or tarot cards or whatever it is you bring in, I, uh, if it, if that was, as you, as you did that and opened up to it, any like pushback from any people in your family, or were you a little like shy about it? Or I love to ask this question because so many people who listen to this might feel like, you know, I'm really interested in these things, but everybody around me thinks that I'm weird. Or somebody told me I'm going to hell or this, that, or the other thing. And so really just making like really real here with the everyday magic bit, what did that look like going from, you know, very typical to very magical.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I have all the things to say. about. That. So there's, <laughs> there's like multiple tabs that just popped open in my brain. Um, I, th- I think in a way, I've actually always been seen as somebody who is highly intuitive and kind of magical. I think I'm the one that had the biggest blind spot. And I, you know, I, when I sort of came out and I, I said to some of my closest friends, you know, I think I'm intuitive, like not cute party trick intuitive, but like, you know, I channel and I like, I've got some, some of that stuff going on. And, and <laughs> I kind of leaned back, like, Ooh, is this gonna be okay? And they were like, I know, why do you think I come and talk to you about stuff? And so it's they said it's kind of like the gay friend that you 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 really sense as gay, and you just want them to like feel safe enough to be that everywhere in their lives. And when they finally come out, everybody's like, Fuck, thank you, right? Like <laughs> finally. So that's one version of the story. And then the other is, you know, I'm I'm on my second marriage second time around, there's a lot more clarity. And, and in my first marriage, there was a real difference in that aspect. And so I kind of, like, I had to fight for that side of me and I had to, you know, like use my own money to go see healers and, and really, um, that was a real challenge for me to, to be faced with that judgment. I didn't get it from my family of origin. They just know I've always been weird. They don't judge it. Like I don't get it. But, but I did in my marriage feel very directly judged and, and like it was minimized and all of these things that really um, fed those skeptical parts of myself. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it was a process of slowly and steadily continuing to invest in nourishing those parts of myself. And then Um, I talk a lot about how, you know, I had to burn one life down to create another one that was more aligned. And so when I left my marriage and when I kind of like did the death rebirth thing of my Mm -hmm. life, it was very clear that magic was going to be centered. And, you know, my home felt magical. I had women's circles. I did whatever I wanted (laughs) to do, you know, and I vowed it's kind of like women who run with the wolves. I don't know if you've read that book, but she talks about how once a woman reclaims her her instinctual self, which I would call her magical self, she never lets it go. And that's there's a there's a ferocity in me now with it, not in a reactive way, but in a, I will never let you go again. I will never. And so my, my beautiful husband that I have now, who's actually on his own soul journey hiking the Appalachian Trail, um like he gets it. And and yeah. I had a disclaimer. I had like a warning label on me when I was dating. I'm a lot. I think a lot. I'm out of the box. Like I'm a lot. And so <laughs> <enter> accordingly, <laughs> accordingly.
1: did you know, you might know this. I don't know that the, um, that the Phoenix is one of the stories that aligns with Scorpio, uh, and that death. And so, and we always think of the scorpion and like stinging and, but uh this, the phoenix is another one of the um mythological stories aligned yeah. with that sign so that is I
0: very much feel that you know yeah. and I, <laughs> I I think about the work I'm called to do and I I help people lay to rest one self one identity so that they can birth another which is that's some real stuff
1: yeah <laughs> that is yeah, real it is and I appreciate you sharing that because I lots of women, um, you know, share with us in our communities that they don't have a supportive um, partner or maybe a partner who's not necessarily not supportive, but it's just kind of like meh. And I can, my, my own husband, he doesn't, he's one of those people, he doesn't ask questions, but he's, he's not like on, he's not on the train either. He's just kind of like, what is this you're talking about? You know, and you know, we have that kind of, we have a very different relationship, I think, compared to most standard marriages in that regard with like what we share, what we don't share. Um, so he's not like a naysayer, but he's not on the train. And I think I'm very lucky though, that we have the relationship we have wherein it doesn't to me that that's not a thing that I need. I don't need him to be on the train and we're, you know, I'm not on a lot of his trains either. (laughs) I'm like, you can drive your own train, but so many people, who again are within that very typical kind of structure um, and it, find it really challenging to, to be there, their own selves. And it's really defeating when somebody in your house is like just naysaying everything, you know, you just pulled these tarot cards or bought this crystal and you're feeling really great and confident and somebody comes along and just, you know, blows your candle right out. And that's, that's challenging, you know, no, no easy way around that.
0: Yeah. And, and we're, I talk about conditioning over again. I know I'm, I'm a broken record, but you know, we, we're really taught these, whether you want to call it masculine and feminine energies or yin and yang, or the, the polar energies that we all carry that can be gendered, but don't have to be, you know, the, the feminine energetic has been very wounded and dismissed in our culture. And the feminine energetic is the one that is deeply emotional, that's spontaneous, that wants to take up a lot of space that is like creative. And that energy is the energy of magic, right? Like it's the energy of, I'm going to pull my cards and see what happens. And the the masculine that has been so normalized is And I think it's wounded in a lot of ways tends to be more like only valuing the logic left brain. Mm -hmm. If you can't see it, it doesn't exist that whole thing. And I think sometimes our, our gender, if, if we are in a male female masculine feminine energetic partnership, like those things just play out. And and I've seen relationships where there's a male partner who's like, I don't get it. And I love this for you. (laughs) And I've seen, um, partnerships where it's been much more judged and shaped. Yeah. So it's, I think it works a lot of different ways. I don't think there's any right way or wrong way. It's just like, how does the Venn diagram fit and how does that feel? Yeah. So much
1: to consider so much. I feel like we could just talk about random things forever, which, you know, affirms that the podcast friend dating uh, was a good experiment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I want to do a little, I always ask people and I didn't write it down first. And it's like only like nine, 10 things, however many I can come up with, but a little this or that. So I'll just give you two things. You tell me this or that. Uh, I feel like this is how we'll really get to know you, (laughs) but I didn't write them down first. So what's, I'm going to like pause and think you'd think this would be Um. so easy, but (laughs) okay. My first one, tea or coffee?
0: No, both. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to answer decaf, decaf coffee and whatever tea is my answer.
1: All right. Fair enough. I'll take it.
0: Uh, (laughs) Tarot or Oracle cards.
1: Oh, I know. These are not fair.
0: I I vote only both and on all. Okay. Oracle is what I'm going to say. There's more variety. Okay.
1: Um, Are you a night person or a morning person? Morning Morning. all the way. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, This is always a tricky one. The like woods in a forest or a big body of water. Ooh, big body of water, but not
0: the ocean. Oh, what do you have against the ocean? I'd like to know. I mean, it's chaos. I I appreciate (laughs) her, but I don't want to go in it. It's a whole like sensory discomfort thing. But um, yeah, like I, if you said forest or plains or like out West kind of landscape, I would have done that all the way. So just big open is my vote. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the ocean's unpredictable. My daughter got uh stung by a jellyfish in the
0: face last summer. Oh I know.
1: Who does that happen to? (laughs) Like
0: like, in the face. face. I've been stung by a jellyfish and it was not fun even as an adult, but in the
1: face, poor. Yeah, she was six last summer, took it straight to the face. (laughs) (laughs) I know. All right. Uh this one doesn't always land depending on your preferences and where you live, but I'm gonna go with it. Tacos
0: or pizza? Come on. These are meant to be tricky. Um I'm gonna vote tacos because gluten and dairy are not my friends, but I love them in a in a dysfunctional bad relationship kind of way. So pizza and french fries are the things that I struggle to say no to most yeah. in my life. But tacos are more of a safe bet and I have them a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think this will be my last one. Uh do you prefer? audiobooks or cracking open a book and, and reading it the, the good
0: old fashioned way. I do not ever read a book. That is not something I can hold in my hand. I'm a nerd. I have like, when I travel on a plane, I have a highlighter and a book. I I'm like that people always ask if I'm studying for something and and the answer is no, I just don't digital. The digital realm is not my favorite. So yeah. um, anything I can get old school with, I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I find with audible books, I am always getting them because people are always like, it's great on audible. And then I think, oh, I'll listen to it while I do X, Y, and Z. And I find that I've been listening for 20 minutes and don't know what I just listened to, but I don't have that same thing with podcasts. I wonder if it's because it's just the shorter form and I'm like in it for the main point
0: And then I'm out right away. You know, I think some choice and freedom matters. <laughs> I won't play a board game. Like I am anti board game because I don't want to commit to the duration if I'm not having fun.
1: Yeah. I like that. No, I feel like we would be good in-person friends. Cause I feel the same way about board games and people are like, you're going to love it. And I'm like, I don't know. Will I love it 15 minutes from now.
0: Fully allergic to them.
1: What's my exit strategy. Yeah. Anyway, um, Megan, thank you for being here. We will include all the places to find you, but do you want to give us a shout to any particular place to go?
0: Yeah. So um, since I'm off social, media, I, know, I was going to say, I, since we can't send people there. Yeah. So I, I would love to share my podcast with your community as well. I think we can never have too much magic. Mine is called magical humaning. I also like to make up words and, and people can find me and sign up for my newsletter. That is about to get real awesome with all that extra energy. I've got at Megan O'Malley coaching.com Megan with it. an H, my mom spelled it weird. So when you <laughs> search-
1: <laughs> we will link it up in all the places too. So wherever you're listening or catching this, it'll, it'll be there. Uh, thank you so much, Megan. This was delightful and I appreciate you. You were flexible with timing and getting on here and, and I appreciate it.
0: I appreciate you. It is it is my absolute joy to be invited into spaces, and whether it's meeting for coffee or being interviewed on a podcast, to to really talk about the stuff that lights me up and that that matters, um, in the most growthy and magical way. So I appreciate you. Thank you for yeah. the invite. Yeah.
1: All right, everyone. Well, this is it for this episode of the Expedition to Soul podcast. Check out the link section for all the things to find Megan and see what we're doing over here at the Sisters Enchanted. And until next time, we hope that you have a very magical day ahead. If you liked this episode of the Expedition to Soul podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. If you're listening on Apple podcasts. It will really help us spread everyday magic, intention, and intuition to the masses and helps us so much as a small business. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. There are new episodes every Tuesday and astro forecasts for the week ahead every Friday. If there's any topics you'd want to hear, anything you want us to dive deeper into, shoot us an email at magic at the sisters And as always, thank you so much for listening and being part of the community here at the sisters enchanted and we'll see you in the next episode.